0: Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the Covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnston. Today, I'm joined once again by Matt and Jared. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be back. Well, men, it is the new year, and so I was just curious, do you guys, what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? Do you, do
1: you make them?
2: I typically don't make them so you could say that I have resolved not to make resolutions. Mm. Mm,
1: yeah. Very nice. I don't think I make them either. I I think I try to set goals for certain things but I don't make any resolutions. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Uh,
0: well, for me, uh, I, I typically haven't made them. Uh, I think this year I need to be resolved to make them. Uh, I've got a lot of problems I need to work on.
2: We can, we can help you with that list of things to resolve to do this year to fix yourself, if you'd like. I appreciate that.
0: Um, Matt actually has his list prepared right now. Um, <laughs> well, we've got to move on. So. Uh, well, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about who's your one. The Hoosiers one? Maybe, uh, but this is a different Who's Your One. Uh, Jared, what is Who's Your One? So, we're saying three words here.
1: Who's your one, right? As in, who is your one. Who is. So, it's a contraction. Yes. Who's your one? Yeah, so it's an initiative of the Southern Baptist Convention, and it's really a simple concept. It's where you try to identify one person in your life who's far from God, and so... By that we mean not a believer, and you intentionally pursue that person with the hope of the gospel. And so, this person might be in your family, or a neighbor, or a co-worker, uh, someone you may have known for a long time, or maybe someone you just met. And so, this initiative uh, asks you to identify that person, and then commit to pray for them, invest in them, and invite them to do the next right thing. And so... You know, we're not saying you have to choose just one. You're not limited to one, um, but we uh, we're attempting to develop an evangelism-focused culture with this question uh, here at Fairview, and so we're asking you to identify at least one person. So, Matt, with something like this, like we've
0: we've given it a title. Who's your one? What do you say to that person that's that
2: says, "Well, it just sounds like another church program"? Well, first of all, I can understand the allergy to programs um, because I don't think Fairview is necessarily a a program driven church. But, you know, this is a program in one sense. Um, The Hoosier One initiative has a clear and identifiable name. uh, And so we're going to be talking about uh, this initiative often in the church. And so when we talk about Hoosier One, uh, hopefully over time, uh, the church family will know. Uh, what we're talking about you're gonna you're gonna understand what we're referring to and we're we're asking you to do specific things within this program um that is to um to pray uh to invest in and to invite uh someone in your life to Christ. Uh so uh throughout the year we'll introduce other initiatives and other emphases uh associated with this. So yes, in, in one sense it is a program and um in another sense though it's not just a program, because I think you can um, you can really identify the value of a program by seeing how closely it 's tied to the biblical imperatives in the Christian life so I think when I, when I, when I look at the who 's your One program, the initiative, it is basically living out the mission of Jesus Christ. Uh, all of us are supposed to be about making disciples, and uh, I think too often we get easily distracted and uh, so when we ask the question who 's your one We're trying to again, like Jared said, develop this culture uh, where we take the mission of Christ seriously. So when we leave the room on Sunday morning, when we're out living our lives day to day, that this hopefully this verbiage, this initiative is going to remind us to stay on task, to stay focused on um, finding those people around us who need Christ and inviting them uh, to Christ. So uh, one of the things you're going to notice over the course of the year is that while yes, it may have a catchy name. how this effort is carried out by various members of Fairview will look a little different because all of us have different spheres of influence and different uh, passions and different gifts. Um, but we're basically just asking everyone in the church to pray uh, at least, at v- the very least, for one specific person and seek opportunities to invest in that person and invite them into the faith.
0: Now, when we when we introduced Who's Your One to the church a few weeks ago, uh, we really encouraged the church to do three things. Uh, we asked them to pray for that person, to invest in that person, and to invite that person. And so, Jared, would you speak to the uh, first thing there? When we say to the church, go pray for your one, what is it that we're asking them to commit to do, and then why are we asking them to do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, So, we're asking people to uh, pray for this one person uh, daily. Uh, Specifically, we're asking God to uh, make that person aware of Christ's love and to make that person aware of their need for Him, Uh, and also um, for God to give them faith, uh, to repent for their sins, and to believe in Jesus. And so, uh, as we do this, um, we'll give out some helpful tools that we can make available here in these podcast notes, um, such as a prayer guide that that has been developed for Who's Your One. And it's got scripture references uh, each day, That and it's a great tool that can be used throughout the year. Um, and so we are asking people to commit to pray for this person daily. Uh, but I want to uh, answer the why question. Um, well, first, because prayer, when we pray, we are recognizing our dependence on God. Like we need... God to do this work. The work of salvation belongs to God. This is what John declares in Revelation seven, and so uh, it's also what we what we see in Ephesians two, when Paul tells the church that uh, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it's God's gift. And so we've got to pray that God would give that gift to the one person that we're praying for. We want to pray for this person daily uh, because we know that only God can offer and give salvation to them. Uh, but we also know that God uses us. Uh, he, he says He's going to use us. Uh, he uses the faithful um, to proclaim the gospel uh, as a means to draw people to Himself. And so, we should be obedient and faithful in our proclamation of the gospel to the lost world. Uh, so that God, through us, might might use us for His glory and save that person. Um, and as Matt mentioned, we we can easily get distracted from this. And so, um, I found that when I'm faithful to pray, God often convicts me uh, to do the very things that I'm praying uh, to actually go out and share and to make this important uh, in my own life. And so, we all need to pray um uh, because it helps reshape our own minds. This, is, this question is somewhat of a way to help people's minds think differently towards evangelism. Yeah, very good. Um,
0: Matt, the, the second thing that we've challenged the church to do was to uh, invest in their one. Um, and so my question is, invest how, and then also
2: why is it important? Let me start with the second question first, which is, why is it important? You have to understand the importance of it before you get to the the how. And so, you know, our hope is that through investing in people, we can build a relationship that you can not only share Christ's love with them, but also share with them Christ himself. And so, I think this is the area we often miss the boat in when it comes to our evangelism. I don't know about you guys, but when I look back at my training in evangelism in churches, it's often been um, training that pertains particularly to a one-time event, what you might call cold contact evangelism, where you walk up to a stranger and have this rehearsed conversation with them about the gospel. And uh, I think we certainly should have those opportunities. We should be doing cold ca- cold contact evangelism in, in, in many ways. But uh, for most of us, the everyday relationships, the people that God has placed in our paths and in our lives, those are opportunities where we should be prepared to share our story and to share the good news of the gospel. And um, and if we're not thinking um, intentionally about how we're sharing the, gom- the gospel conversationally or in our everyday relationships— You know, those types of interactions can come across as inauthentic. I mean, you think about trying to use a cold contact evangelism tactic with someone you know very well. It may not go (laughs) as well as you think. So um, as we develop these relationships and we get to know people, we can care for them. Uh, We can know where they are in their spiritual life. We can know their needs and speak to their concerns and the issues they might have and explain how the gospel how Jesus Christ, how the the good news of the gospel of the death and the resurrection and the eventual return of Christ it really helps answer the most important questions in all areas of life and so I believe as as we invest in people's lives, uh, we can build trust and create more opportunities to share the gospel with that person. so that's why it's important um, as far as the how to how to invest, I think this can take. Uh, many forms depending on your rhythm of life and your gifting and your passions. I mean, it could be a regular call to a friend asking how they're doing. It could be finding um, like interests with people around you, family members or friends, and doing those things with them. It could be making gifts or food or, or treats for neighbors and regularly inviting them to dinner. I think the ministry of hospitality, inviting people into your home or into your life, sharing uh, times around a table and a meal, that's a lost art in our culture. And I think um, there are really endless options here. And I think this is where um, seeing evangelism differently and focusing on uh, one person or a couple people, uh, you can get creative with how you create environments or how you create um, just welcome places where the most important questions of life can be um, explored. And it's, it's simply just a strategy, uh, an intentional strategy to, ve- to develop deep, meaningful relationships with people um, that really just occurs through um, investing our lives in, in, in with, with time and energy with other people. Uh, very good. Um, well, finally, Jared, uh,
0: when we tell the church to invite their one, um, I mean, are we are we
1: simply telling them to invite someone to church? Uh, I think that can be part of it. Uh, it certainly can be part of it. I think it is more than that, though. And so, um, our hope is that through uh, developing these relationships, that you're able to share your faith. And the I think the ultimate hope would be that you invite. This one person to enter a relationship with Jesus. So, again, we're talking about someone who's not a believer uh, that you have identified as the one that you're sharing with. And so, it could be that this invitation is for them to believe in Jesus. And so, uh, if they're not ready to enter that type of relationship, then it could be that um, it's a good idea to invite them uh, to something that's appropriate going on in the church community. Uh, maybe a Sunday morning service, or life group, or an outreach event, um, or maybe it's you invite them to sit down and read the Bible with you. Uh, that is actually a really good way um, to develop that relationship if they're open to that. And so, with all of this, we're hoping and praying that this person would put their faith and their trust in Jesus. And our our hope is that. Uh, our members here at Fairview and the people listening would seize the opportunities that come up while um, doing these things to share uh, the gospel with them any chance that they get. And we as a church and we as a staff, we want to come alongside our members and help them um, as they share with their one person. And so uh, one of the things we're going to be doing that I'm excited about is to is to do uh, some quarterly evangelism equipping events where we'll uh, try to focus on one or two things to help in these relationships, Uh, and we'll talk more about those as we go through the year. Uh, Very good. Well, guys, um, that's uh,
0: about all the time that we have, um, but I do have our closing question for you, and uh, I think this... Week's closing question is a particularly good one, um, but I, I also think that it's trickier than it might seem at first. And so right now we're living in a time of movie remakes. Uh, every movie from our past, it's it's they're being remade, and I think some of them are done pretty well, and then some of them uh, we would say aren't so good. And so um, if you were to have one of the movies from your childhood remade, what would it be? And here's why I say it's tricky. Because if you pick a movie that you really, really love, then the chances that it will disappoint you uh, when it's released are pretty high. And so you should pick a movie that you think can be remade well and stands a chance of meeting your expectation. Make sense?
1: Yeah. So you don't want to choose something that's like Completely a classic, right? Because they won't yeah, be like, able to top it. I would choose
0: right? Star Wars or something
1: like that, right, <laughs> Jared? Because I would not choose Star Wars. Okay. I cannot. All right. All right, I think so I So, what movie would you remake from my childhood? Uh, I think I would you go. You were born with...
2: in like 2010,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, so probably like Dora the Explorer
1: or Peppa the Pig. Didn't I guess just I just remake show? Those? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was born in 1989. For those who care. Yeah. So, but this is this movie I'm going to choose is from before I was born, (laughs) but I grew up watching it, The Swiss Family Robinson. That's a good movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's really good, Mm. the old one. But I think it would be they could redo that one in a fresh way, and it would still be good, and you could still appreciate the old one and still enjoy the new
2: one. I think it could be done well. Matt, what about you? Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I know this this is, in a sense, a classic. I'm going to say ET. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Here's why. It's almost like an invitation to failure, whoever tries to do it. But I think with technology, it could be really exciting to see what they would do. I mean, the the special effects in that movie, are some, they're somewhat dated, but they're done as well as they could be in that time. And I don't know if any director can capture the warmth and authenticity that was Spielberg did yeah. with E.T. Mm-hmm. But it would be fun to watch with technology and how that story would be different today. So there's so would my it, risky pick.
1: Would it be like E.T. Returns to Earth, Nuts number two, that or would, would be, it be a remake?
2: I would prefer E.T. Returns to Earth. The last time I watched with the kids, I thought somebody should make a movie where he comes back and finds
1: Elliot. that family Elliot. Today. Yeah. Elliot today. Elliot today, grown up. Elliot. Mm, yeah. That would yeah. be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. As
2: long as John
0: Williams did the music. Uh yeah. Should have known the music guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, for me, I think I'll cheat. Uh, I'm going to reach back to earlier in our podcast, and uh, with a shout-out to John Griggs, I'm going to say Hoosiers.
2: That's a good movie, man. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know.
0: I think it could be remade. Yeah. Is Gene, Gene Hackman still yeah. alive? Uh, barely. Yeah. is <laughs> he
1: still coaching. <laughs> is Hoosiers some type of sports thing? Can he still yeah. wear that leather jacket? They
0: were a sporting unit that played together. A sporting dynasty? Dynasty, yes. <laughs> well, uh, that's about all of our time today. Um, Matt and Jared, thank you for joining me today. Until next time, Fairview, may we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ.